Happy New Year. Can I still say that to you? I don't know how long you can continue to say it, but some people have still got the Christmas decorations up, so I feel it's appropriate to still say it to you, and I genuinely do mean that as well. But before I jump in today, I just want to give us a moment to reflect on a few things. There's four things that have really been on my heart that I just want to share with you. I mean, firstly, these are challenging times, aren't they? Whether we acknowledge it or not, I think all of us could be able to or would be able to say this is having a significant impact on all of us. You know, we're relational people and yet we find ourselves bereft of that. In the last few weeks, we've been on quite the roller coaster. You know, Brexit, lockdown free and seeing all of the outworking of that and the divisive political tensions and decisions that are being seen not just in this country but around the globe particularly in america this last week leading to many troubling events to watch unfold before us and i just wanted to say this as the first thing jesus is enough he has been he is and he will be you know honestly my hope is not in a vaccine my hope is in jesus don't get me wrong i can't wait for the vaccine i can't wait for the change that will come as a result of that over a period of time but i just wanted to say my hope isn't in that my hope is in jesus my hope is something that doesn't move you know live our youngest daughter she's got two pictures on her bedroom wall and one says this it says i am a daughter of the king who is not moved by the world and the second one says for my God is with me and goes before me and I do not fear because I am his you know honestly we do well to remember both of those things in this moment we're not shaken because our hope is built and placed in a solid immovable rock Psalm 18 verse 1 says I love you Lord you are my strength the Lord is my rock my fortress and my saviour he is my shield the power that saves me and he is my place of safety Ephesians 1:18 says I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance you know we find confident hope in him and in him alone unshaken and unmoved and I pray that your hearts would be flooded with the light of that truth that's the first thing I wanted to say the second thing is this I want to say that despite the challenges this moment this moment presents as the the ones it presents us personally but also our city and indeed the world the hope and the life that we carry has remarkable potential in crisis I don't say that lightly I know many of you are in and finding difficult weary times but as this crisis in the short term intensifies we have increased opportunities in the midst of pain and many of you are feeling pain you know the students the kids the unemployment the isolation the business losses or changes the injustices been robbed of life stages and moments of celebration the restriction the confinement the relational tension and division the workload increase and frustration for many we still find ourselves finding opportunities in those moments there is a lady 
who lives near to where we live and she must be in her um, mid 80s <clears throat> you know at the start of the pandemic back in March we said to her if there is anything we can do anything just say we long to help you we tried to love her and support her throughout and yet she's been remarkably closed to us helping but also any conversation with us and um, pretty much every day of the pandemic actually Soph and I have gone out for a walk in the evening just before she goes to bed and we've walked just around our local area and a large majority of the times or actually quite a surprising amount of the times we bump into this dear lady and honestly we must see her at least five times a week and each time we of course say hello and we have a brief conversation and despite many many attempts to reach into her life and to support her the door has just remained closed and kind of not just closed but like padlocked shut and anyway on the night before we went into the tier four restrictions we again as we have on many other times we saw her and we said hello and we had a brief chat and yet this time she shared her heart in a way that previously had been completely closed and she'd have never shared with such openness and vulnerability and we said again look if there's anything we can do just say we'd long to help you and support you and she said to Sophie and I she said honestly you're the kindest people I have ever met now I would long to say she dropped to her knees and gave her life to Jesus but it was a significant breakthrough moment and ever since then the conversations and interactions we're having with her have changed quite significantly. The hope and the life that we carry has remarkable potential in crisis. There is another dear couple that we've been supporting and walking alongside and um, just around the corner she very painfully has just lost quite recently her husband and yet we believe with everything within us we have an opportunity currently all of us to walk life out alongside people that will alter the atmosphere when we come out the other side of this pandemic that will change the nature of relationships and the spiritual temperature of our communities if we seize and understand the opportunities of the moment that we're in. That passage I read just a moment ago says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he's called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. You know, my hope isn't in politics, my hope isn't in a vaccine, my hope isn't in anything else or anyone else other than Jesus alone. The third thing that I wanted to mention is this, it's the opportunity we have to be church together. You know, the, the other day I noticed that one of you had a duplicate Facebook profile set up and that somebody was probably fishing or scamming or whatever it is that they do to do that. And I jokingly said on the profile of the real person that I'd have known who you were and who the fake person was if we'd have had a baking contest because that person is an outstanding baker of cakes. You know, I can't wait to get back in person to be with you for many reasons, but those cakes are one of them. Anyway, I was reflecting on that, on that moment of what I said and and the interaction with it. And I then remembered the, the lemon drizzle cake that had been dropped on the doorstep by another exceptional 
Baker. That led me on to remember that many times the Sunday setup teams, or just I would have seen them passed around, would have been these flapjacks that just appeared that somebody else had cooked, again, that I dearly miss. Then I remembered the person who dropped round a Christmas cake to us for our girls to decorate because we'd be at home over Christmas and they created a competition for who would decorate the best cake. Then I remembered the person who recently had sent us a donut decorating kit. Then I remembered the treacle sponge. I remembered the Mars bar cake. I remembered the millionaire's shortbread that the postman delivered from one of you. The screwballs for our kids on the first day of knowing that the schools would be closed again. I obviously had to sample one of those myself because they're remarkably nice, but the cards of such rich words and kindness and generosity. I remember the person who week in, week out, every week at 422, when some of us have been serving there, brings individually sealed packets of drinks and snacks. I remembered the many times that I've seen meal vouchers and supermarket vouchers and takeaway vouchers that I've seen you share among each other. Honestly, I just wanted to say life doesn't just revolve around food. I mentioned a number around food, although obviously Jesus did often gather people around food and we certainly do love and delight and share in hospitality together in that way. But I just wanted to say that the family we are and the family that we're becoming grows in times like this as we invest in it and, excuse the pun, as we feed it as we seek to see it increase. I know there will be many people now on me saying that who would say, well, I haven't had that. I haven't experienced that. Nobody did that for me. Or you might feel newer to this community, only been among us just for a few weeks and say, well, I don't know anyone. Nobody's doing that for me. And I would say even personally, it is always possible to find the point of pain and the point of not having. But I'd also say this, I think it's so important that we embrace the community, that we embrace family, that we embrace all it could be and might be and feed it in this time. Because we're called to give and we're called to give generously of ourselves to serve and to love others. I never really look at what we've received. I always look at what have we given, what could we give of ourselves, of our time and our heart. In fact, we should be known by the world for the love that we have for each other. And so I want to say just keep going, keep doing it, keep giving it, keep being it. We, I believe we are known for it. I believe that it does usher in something of the kingdom. You know, I heard one of you not that long ago actually say before that you thought you were joining a church, but actually you realised you were joining a family. I have read and reread and read again that passage in Romans 12, um, verse 9 this last week it says don't just pretend to love others really love them hate what is wrong hold tightly to what is good love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other never be lazy but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically rejoice in confident hope be patient in trouble and keep on praying when God's people are in need be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Yes, in many ways, these are hard times, but equally 
in those hard times, the things that we are and the thing that we're called to be can rise up in an unstoppable manner. We have an opportunity to really love each other and those around us. We have an opportunity to send cards, to send flowers, to make, send texts, to make phone calls, to make cakes, to send a takeaway voucher or whatever it might be. You see more of the kingdom as you release more of the kingdom. As you step out and give it, you will see it in a measure given back to you that is much greater and larger. We love each other with genuine affection and we take great delight in honouring each other. We rejoice in confident hope, being patient in trouble and we keep on praying. You know, throughout January, we're praying. We always pray, but we're praying intentionally. You can find some of those resources on the website for that if you've not heard about it, but we wanna keep on praying. Rejoice in confident hope, patient in trouble, and keep on praying. You know, the thing that's really had a hook in my heart though over this last week has been that final bit where it says, always be eager to practice hospitality. This isn't social entertaining. The hospitality that we offer and we normally love is that we focus on the guest just because we can't be in each other's homes, just because we can't meet physically, nothing and absolutely nothing should stop us or hinder us from being eager to practice hospitality. I wonder if you thought about that in this time, what does hospitality look like for you? Because we're called to love each other with genuine affection that the world might actually know us for it. This is a time when the creativity of the hospitality that we live out and practice can be released. I'd always say, don't wait for it. Don't wait just to receive it. We're called to give it. Can I encourage you to consider what does genuine affection look like right now? And what would it be and what does it look like to be eager to practice hospitality? That's the third thing. The fourth thing is this on the 12th of December. And I, I remember the day and the moment on the, in the forefront of my thinking because it impacted me deeply. But on the 12th of December, I was driving to the tip on the Saturday just before lunch once again. And I've got to stop letting it get out of control. But I tidied up the garage and we'd got a few things that we needed to, to dispose of. And I was driving down the road and I was listening to Kevin Prosh. Some of you will remember him, but he was live playing at the Anaheim Vineyard in the States back in 2004. And for some random reason, I happened to be listening to this album and there was nothing unusual about the day. You know, I was of sound mind and emotionally stable. Some of you are like, were you really? Yeah, I was, as far as I could tell. So anyway, I'm driving down the road and I'm listening to this one song and some of you all know it. It's an old classic. It's, I think it's called something like he brought me to the banqueting table and it's playing and it hit me and it hit me hard. Actually, it hit me so hard that I had to pull over and I was, um, I was weeping and wailing and all sorts and I was just completely immensed in the spirit and after I recovered a little whatever that looks like I drove to the dump and I threw the stuff I had in the skips and started to drive home and I'm one of those people who often latches on to the to a song in fact I say I'm one of those people I may be the only person because I don't know others you may do this but when I listen to a song, I sometimes just listen to the same song for quite a while. So I not just listen to it on the way there, I'm listening to it many, many, many times. And I'm still listening to this song and man alive, it just happened again. I was at the traffic lights and they were red, but 
are just completely overcome in the spirit and the lights turn green and there's people honking and driving around me and I, I can't see to drive. I'm crying so much I had to pull over again and there was a few things happening. Let me try and give language and words to it but the lyrics say this. It says he brought me to his banqueting house. He brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love and there's an absolute bolt of the spirit came on me you know the lord is mine and i'm his his banner over me is love anyway i'm absolutely overcome i'm undone in the spirit song of songs chapter 2 verse 4 says he escorts me to the banqueting table it's obvious how much he loves me and in that moment it just became obvious to me i was overwhelmed and undone by it the love of the father absolutely immersed in it you know every pain every hurt and every unmet need every insecurity whatever it might be in those moments can just melt in the arms of the father it's not always that we just have some of those things and that felt need we need to know and to be immersed in the love of the father whether you feel it or not that's our identity that's the people that we are our security and our identity is rooted in him and held in him and i pray afresh today that your hearts would be flooded with that light so that you would understand the confident hope that he's given to those that he's called those are those moments where that happens where you just the light shines and you become aware of that confident hope you know this isn't information this is transformation and i pray those moments for you as we start afresh this new year as you reflect on the last year we cannot let our worship be silenced we have to regularly and repeatedly allow the father to speak his love over us we long that as we start this new year together and steph shared some of this in the letter that we wrote to those of you that get it You'd, you'd, you'd have times and spaces that would allow the Father to speak his love over you, to affirm you, to encourage you, to free you and to release you because as we worship, we're changed. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He's planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. You know, we have a God-embedded awareness of something more. We're designed for a life of never-ending worship. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, Yet you are holy and throned on the praises of Israel. God is crowned by our praises. He lives amongst our praises. He longs for us to praise him, to offer all that we are and all that we have before him. We said it, and I mentioned it earlier in Romans 12, we rejoice in confident hope. We rejoice in him. Our confident hope is him, and it's in him that we rejoice, not in anything else. My worry so often for us in these times is that, that we, we, we dilute and we hold back and we step back from being prayed for and praying for others. And sometimes our worship can be diluted, and it can't be. It can't be. We have to fight for it. Romans 12 verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way we worship him. And whatever the state of our hearts or minds at the start of this year and the start of this new year, let's decide 
and decide in advance that we will sing even in the middle of whatever life might bring. Let's continue to worship in the midst of the, the pressures of life and the heartaches and the losses. Worship in such a way that says we're not defined by disappointments or loss or failures. We are governed by one voice, one hope and one Lord. You know, God understands and cares about your disappointment. Disappointment is temporary, but God is eternal. Disappointment doesn't define your future. God defines your future. Disappointment, though, can show you the things that you value. And we want to value what we value and we want to value him because disappointment lingers around if it's not met or not confronted with a godly hope. In Luke 19 verse 40, it says, He replied, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheer. We, all creation worships him, and we should be people who partake in it. As we worship him, we're changed in his mercy and kindness. He affirms us and encourages us and frees us and releases us. But ultimately, it's not for us, it's for him. We worship him because he's worthy of our worship. And we want to let this year be the year that we worship him in a more unrestricted, more uninhibited and abandoned way than ever before for his glory and to fulfill his purposes. You know, when I was able to come home from the tip, it was much more than just realising the knowledge that he loves me and I love him, although of course that's important and it's wonderful and it's foundational. But I found myself repenting, you know, personally and collectively on behalf of us, on behalf of this city, on behalf of this nation, on behalf of the world. 2 Chronicles 7 says, And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. Pain has purpose when we allow it to form us and teach us to humble ourselves before him and seek his faith. Our hope isn't in anything or anyone else. You know, I get home from the tip on that day and I'm a bit spaced out and Steph's like where, where, where have you been I thought you were going to the tip and you know I, it was a long story but I got knocked for six and it was a beautiful thing and I believe we all need moments like it so much of the last year was unexpected so much of it was stuff that was just been stripped away a year of repentance of purification of realignment for many of us. Wouldn't it be the best thing though if we were to walk out of this season being ready for all that is ahead? Remember that word I've shared a few times about what Carol Wimmer said about being in your place for all that's ahead. We have to be ready. Honestly, I believe so much for what's ahead. We have to equip ourselves. Although this can be a painful season for many in many ways, it is and it will be a catalyst for what is ahead. And I want to challenge you to invest in that. Come close to Jesus. Step in closer in this coming year. You know, at the start of each year, Steph and I try and find ways to find and discover more of Jesus. I'd say do what you've been doing, but dig in for more and uncover more and find more creative ways to do that. I'd encourage you, and it's not too late to start for this year, in fact, you could do it any time, but it does help sometimes to intentionally do it at the start of a year. Find, find a way to read your Bible in a year. It might be that you just read the New Testament in the year, but do one or the other. 
if you don't already journal start journaling we've both started journaling in a new way just again to keep it fresh we also try and get a new bible each year i love my bible i, I get used to um, turning the pages of it and learning the layout and the format in a way that um, allows me a familiarity with it but but also we want to seek to introduce fresh ways to press in and so each year we buy a bible and this year i bought a new bible and it was slightly bigger than the one that i was expecting in fact i've got it here I've I've kind of got to show you it just so you can realize how big it is i don't know if you can get the scale of this thing it's absolutely huge but what it is is like a it's, it's an illustrated version of each book in the bible and it is so life-giving it's just teaching me and showing me fresh things and fresh insights because the bible is a living text that speaks divine truth to not only shape us but to shape whole communities and we need it and we need to drink deeply of it and find fresh and creative ways to to press in for more and keep journeying in towards it god wants you to know him and i pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope one way that you find it and discover it is through the book as we we read the book we're people of the book you know, the series that I planned to launch today is called Anchored. We need to be anchored. We don't want to be tossed by the wind. We want to, as it says in Ephesians, to let the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes, to put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You know, my introduction to the series become... Um, became such that the series is going to have to wait till next week. For those of you that were panicking of like, oh no, is he just only now starting don't worry it's okay but i you know i hope that was helpful as i reflected even on this series that's what the lord kind of brought to my mind those four things jesus is enough there is potential in crisis let's realize the opportunity we have even within the church to love and to serve each other to be eager to show hospitality to show genuine love and affection and then finally, that we cannot let our worship be silenced. We have to press in to the Father. I hope that's been helpful for you. But why don't we do that just now? Some of you will have never joined us before or done anything like this before. But I just want to ask you, why don't you just, if it's safe to do so, I know some of you listen to these things driving, but when you close your eyes, grab a moment with the Father. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to come up among us and upon us. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you now. Come and speak truth and hope and life over us. Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Open the, just the posture of your heart. Open yourself to him afresh this morning. I, I feel straight away some of you worship over this last year may have potentially become a bit dry. You will have had times where you've, you've stopped engaging or listening or reflecting or letting just the it's not just about songs it's a lifestyle but songs are so powerful because he embeds that in us he put music within us and that's important i want to say come back to it and just let there be a moment where he breathes something fresh again into it and a, an, an intimacy with the father a desire and a longing for that some of you will have come into this third lockdown so weary of it so weary of the whole thing and all that life is becoming for you 
I just want to pray that you would find a renewed confident hope and a renewed zeal and just that he would breathe something fresh in there right now. Some of you, it's previously it's almost caused you to take your foot off the gas, just waiting to get through it and get beyond it. And I think, don't don't just wait to get through it. Let's maximise what it is in it. What is he doing? How is he purifying and consecrating and refining us? Jesus, come. The Lord will speak to you now, I believe. Just physically, I feel a couple of things. I think there's somebody where you just got to, it's, it's like a developing gum disease, I think it is. I, I want to pray that that is healed this morning. And I think there's a couple of you actually, you've got, um, uh, I was going to say what I think it's caused it, but I think you've got an ear infection. And it's yeah, very painful and causing significant implications in other ways again i just want to say reach out to somebody let them stand alongside you and pray for you but in this moment even now wait reach out to somebody stand alongside somebody have them pray for you pray for them as part of our hospitality to each other is being a listening ear our hearts of worship and allowing the spirit to move freely we do it alongside others don't I realise this is strange over a camera like this, but don't rush what the Spirit is doing. Don't let me fill it with words. Sit and listen to the voice of the Father. I pray hope over you. I pray encouragement over you. I pray per perseverance over you. But step into the place of intimacy with the Father. He is enough. Jesus is enough. I'll leave you now just with uh, some music playing as the Lord ministers to us. But God bless you. And we'll see you soon.